Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, a.k.a. KD. And today we're going to talk about building a mindset, how to actually build the right mindset necessary to not only have a long lasting career in sales, but also a fulfilling career in sales, because there is a huge difference between lasting and enjoying lasting and loving. And I truly believe that if you have the right mindset, you can love sales and sales will love you right back. And everyone talks mindset, but today we're going to talk about how to build a mindset that works. And I'm so pumped to have Kevin Mulrain with me on the show today. He's the CRO at OnRamp. He's the podcast host of Addicted to Growth. And there might be an addiction problem here on how much he's been growing because he's been in the game. Four to five time VP of sales, sales executive, sales trainer, recruiter, like he's done it all and still having some fun. So we're going to talk about his mindset, how he's built it what's got him here and i cannot wait to dive in kevin my man welcome to the show appreciate you man no i'm I'm fired up this is a topic i love it's a topic that i think is near and dear to my heart it's why uh to your point it's why i'm still in it after 15 years and absolutely loving it man so excited to dive in Let's go, baby. So you know why people love this show, right? Like we get into the tactics, no backstories, none of that. And so what I think is important from the onset is like when you say mindset, what do you mean? Right. So I think it's a word that gets thrown out a lot. But when you talk about having the right mindset for sales and success and fulfillment, what does mindset mean to you? Yeah, I think it's um, it's it's what's between the ears. Right. It's it's how you approach your day. It's how you approach your month. Um it's really how you just approach the entire uh, sales career, sales path, right? I think what, what's unique about sales and what can be tough, there's rejection, there's volatility. Um, so if you, if you go after it with the right mindset, 
Um, like you said, it can be very fulfilling, but it can be long lasting. I fell into sales. Um, I built a really exciting and long lasting career in sales. So, and I, I attribute that 100% to my mindset. Um, I didn't really know what I was getting into. So I think having the right mindset, the way you approach your day, your clients, your, your, your teammates, everything um, can really go a long way for you. And so let's go a layer deeper there, right? When you say the right mindset, what are some of the things that you think make up the, like the right mindset, right? Like what are some of those layers below it? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think, you know, first and foremost, for me, I, I was not the quote unquote natural salesperson, right? Like I was fearful of cold calling. I think the first cold call I made, the person picked up the phone and I hung up, (laughs) right? Like that kind of stuff. So I think the first thing that I, I really learned was I had to embrace uncomfortable situations. I had to make uncomfortable things feel comfortable. And so, you know, you have to seek it. And I, I started to try and apply things in my personal life, things I did maybe as an athlete that I could then apply to my professional life and really chasing, right? Like how do I embrace and chase the discomfort, chase the pain? Cause that's when the growth happens. And so, um, you know, I always love to, you know, it's like when you do really, really hard things, like making cold calls aren't that difficult, right? Um, so you kind of start small, you build habits, um, you know, you kind of remind yourself like the path and the growth of the experience, right? I always try to like look back and reflect like, wow, like look at the growth, like the discomfort is worth the pain. So, um, you know, that kind of stuff I, I definitely try to do, but the, the, the discomfort piece for me was a big part and it's one of the things why I almost fell out of sales mm-hmm. uh, and I'm really happy I didn't. And so when you talk about like chasing the pain or seeking discomfort, like what were some of those things that you did, right? Like, was that exercise? Was it, you know, just going up and getting rejected at the bars? Like what, what did you do to kind of train yourself a little bit in this, you know, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable? Cause even that phrase, right. It's, it was one of my, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was one of my mantras for a long time, but it's also an oxymoron. How can you get comfortable with the uncomfortable uncomfortable is the lack of comfort so how do you actually blend that yeah so i think for for me uh, like i said i I try to tie a lot of the things i did in my personal life into my professional life and so um being an athlete fitness those are things that are just i'm naturally passionate about and part of my daily life so like when i was working out i would chase the pain and it hurt but you know that this is where growth happens and so um, I was able to take that and then say, okay, well, in my sales career, when I'm first starting off, what are those uncomfortable things for me? And one, cold calling strangers, right? Mm-hmm. Really, really. I was the guy that was like hiding under his desk with the headset on. Like it was terrible. Um, objections, right? I would get objections and I would just be like, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the email and I get off the phone. Then I have my manager like over my shoulder, right? So I, I quickly identified those uncomfortable situations for me and identified them as these are growth opportunities, right? So I kind of, I understood if I get good at this, this is the positive outcome that I can get from it. So I think it's just identifying that. And then it's practice, man, right? It's finding really good mentors. It's, it's listening to your calls, but you know, I would just, I'd get those objections and I'd just be like in my head, like mental reps and things. So it's, it's a bit of practice. And then, 
you know, once you get that, that opportunity to kind of perform, if you will, right. You get the objection. I'm like, all right, I'm ready for it. Right. I, I knew they were going to throw this pitch. I got it. Um, so that was some of the things I used to do just to kind of help me, you know, create those parallels, but then again, like just practice and get ready for it. And I'm glad you brought that part up too, because as you're talking, I'm thinking through like, you know, similarly, I was not a natural salesperson. I'm an introvert more than I'm an extrovert. Anyone that says they like making cold calls is either lying or a psychopath. You can pick which one of those is worse, right? I hated it too, but you said something that, you know, I did as well, which I like connected the dots. Cause what I did love to do is I loved to demo. I love to, to run a demo and run the sales cycle. And I was able to connect the dots of like, even though I hate cold calling, cold calling is what lets me run demos. And I was able to kind of, I think you said like parallel, like Bridget, like it's how did you learn that? Or more importantly, guess what did you connect to? You said growth, right? Like if I do these things, I'll grow. How did you connect those dots or what did growth mean to you where it was worth going through that pain? Yeah, I mean, honestly, at first, my my first sales job was one of those super aggressive 150 person sales floors like you couldn't hide. And so the environment for me was if you don't perform, you're fired. Right. And in those environments, you learn a lot about potentially what not to do as a leader or as a manager. But to me, it was like, I can't fail. Right. There was this kind of fight or flight type mentality that kicked in. But um, I think that was really kind of the first one. Um, And I questioned sales every day for six months. I would call my mom, be like, mom, I don't know if this is for me. I think I made a mistake. And then I saw that first commission check. and I was like, oh, right. So that was like kind of the first like parallel I made. Um, And that that was one of those things was like, all right, keep on chasing this, keep fighting through. But then when I got good at it. And this is where I kind of hit a really cool part of my career where I got good at it and I started helping out others, right? There'd be other new salespeople. I'd be like, ooh, I used to be terrible at that. Try this, right? And I started doing little coaching moments. And then I saw other people getting really good too. And I was like, whoa, now this is like personally gratifying feeling for me where I'm fired up because you just closed your first deal and I kind of helped and coached you through those moments. I don't even care about my pipeline. Like I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm getting after it. And of course, like you're excited when you close a deal, but I was getting super hyped and it was really rewarding for me to see others succeed when I was just kind of helping. Mm -hmm. And I like this because it kind of segues where I wanted to go next a little bit is how do you try to help instill this in your teams? Because it's one thing, right? Like I can even hear your dream. I was like, dude, I was afraid of losing my job. Like that's what motivated me early on. But I don't know you that well, but my assumption is you are not a lead by fear person. So how do you help develop this type of mindset with your team without it being, you know, this, well, if you don't perform, you're going to lose your job. So that's your motivation. Like, how do you help your team develop this mindset? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, um, I really like to get to understand people's whys, right? Um, whether, and again, this is whether it's you're working with people in the gym trying to achieve goals, you're working with somebody in sales. There's a reason someone wants to go through the pain to get a certain outcome. And it's deeper than I just want to go make X amount of money, right? Well, what does that allow you to do, right? Mm-hmm. What, if you can achieve this goal, what does that mean for you? What does it mean for your family? 
What's your North Star? Um, what are your values? So I think it's really trying to get into the specific motivations of each individual, but then trying to go those like layers deeper and like, okay, well, if, if, if this happens, if you achieve this goal, what does that mean? Right. What does it allow you to then do? And then they start really like kind of like visualizing it and seeing it and believing in it and buying into it. So now it's like, okay, we got, and, and it's, I think it's talking through all of it, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you're going to have to go through like these really tough things, some of this pain, this discomfort, but we got to grow. And the growth creates this opportunity, creates this outcome. And then this becomes your reality. So I like really kind of walking through those paths of understanding people's whys and, and what their values are. Mm-hmm. And it is great. You asked one of my favorite questions you know, that I worked on with my managers and my people is like, you can ask people what their goals are. You asked that magic question, like, well, what changes if you accomplish it? Like, what will that let you do? How will you feel? Because, you know, especially in sales and a lot of managers are very lazy here. They say, what motivates you? And the sales rep says, money, right? <laughs> so, y'all, to all my sales leaders listening right now, if money truly motivated everyone, you know what we wouldn't need? Coaches, managers, or quotas. If money motivated people, they would just do what it took to make as much money as possible, right? It doesn't motivate most people. It's like what they can do with it, what they hope it will do for them is so important. And so then if you think about that part of it, I guess, do you make sure your managers are asking that of their people? Like, how do you roll that out across a team? Because it's also a big difference. You might know how to do this, but you know, you've been a VP, you've managed managers before. Like, how do you make sure your managers are having these conversations? I think it's, it's doing it with them, mm-hmm. right? Like what I've found is actually, it's not just about my managers doing it with their teams. It's about me doing it with every level. And if I can go with the manager, I can go through this exercise, right? And now I know exactly how to motivate them, how, how to make them feel filled and passionate, excited to be where they are and what they're doing, um, that I can say, okay, cool. Like, here's the playbook, right? And then I can kind of coach them through the exercise that we did. Um, I, I've done a really cool exercise with, um, with my team. It's like a big, big vision board. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And I, I literally, I whiteboard this out. I'm like, here we are today. Fast forward five years. Who do you want to become? What do you want to get out of this? Right. And, and I think it's, I think it's really, I think a lot more um, any employee should look at their organization almost as a platform and like, what is the company to help you become, right? If you walk out of here in five years, who are you today? So I've done this where I visualize and it's a whiteboard and I take you know pictures and I share it. So it's not just like, it's a really interactive session that, you know, you can quickly pick up on and then execute. But for first time managers, I'll sit in there, I'll help them, I'll coach them along. Like it's, you know, I don't, I never want to throw somebody out on an island by themselves, but I think actually doing, doing the exercise with them themselves, they can kind of then feel it and like, oh, wow, like this is different. I like that. I like that a lot. And now I actually want to backtrack here real quick. Cause I bet you there's people listening that can emphasize with where you were when you started, right? Like hiding under the desk, hanging up on the prospect, right? Like that shaky, yeah. uneasy feeling. Like, and like, how did you get through that? Right. Like what, like, how did you actually get through that? Cause I do think people hear it and they get some of the advice, right? It's like, we just got to have a better mindset, 
let's go back there real quick. Like what, what drove you through that time? And maybe even how long did that take? Cause I also think people think it's going to feel that way forever when yeah. there's just a period of time. So like, how did you actually like kind of get through it? What were the mental tricks or like the things that you went through and how long did it take till you started to feel good? Cause you said it, he's like, once I was good, well, cool. Yeah. That's there. <laughs> what was that process to get there? Yeah, I, oh, man, it's, 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 I'll tell you, it's not an overnight success type thing. And it, it, it takes a lot of work, um, a lot of dedication. And I would say for me to really get into a good groove, it probably took a couple of years to be really honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from there though, like, I think one of the things I really focused on, um, and I think a lot of salespeople feel is they feel like they're bothering people, right? Like there's a cold call, there's an email, oh, I'm bothering this person, right? And so I kind of had to flip my mindset and really get to a place where I'm like, no, 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 like they should be excited and, and ha- almost happy to hear from me, right? And, and I, the way I started breaking that down was I got to fall in love with my product and I got to be passionate mm-hmm. about the product that I'm selling, the problems that we're solving and who I'm solving them for. And not everybody has that. I, did, I didn't have it for a long time. So what I had to then do was, A, I had to read case studies like I would read our case studies religiously because I'm like, wow, it does work. Yes. Right. And I could see those outcomes. Right. Um, I would honestly, like, I'm a big believer. Like you've got to be your own like hype man. Right. Like you've got to be like, have your highlight film. I know you've talked about this, but I would listen. Like I would literally record my calls. I would do, I'd listen to them for coaching moments, but then my good ones, man, like you're having a rough day. You need that pick me up. Like, Go like listen to that close when they're like, yup, send me the order form. Right. Like that, because I, I think another part of this is that there, there is like that, that excitement, right? There's like that little that chemical change in your body that actually comes a little addictive to like all these outcomes, right? So if you can hear those really positive calls, those really positive outcomes, you're gonna start to kind of believe a bit more in what you're doing and the, the the almost the mission that you have out to go help solve problems for your personas. Um, so those are some of the things that I, I used to do just to help me get out of that funk of I'm so oh, I'm sorry to bother you, but or like you have that quick second for me, you know. So that was a big one for me for sure. Mm-hmm. I, and I love that, right? Like the it's and you mentioned two different types of wins: listening to your own wins but paying attention to the customer wins. I, I did the exact same thing with my team. This was God, like right as we we're kind of coming out of the pandemic and like, you know, morale was low. And also like, look, I want y'all to go watch and listen to a testimonial a day and like remind yourself of like what it is we actually do here and the help that it does provide to our prospects and all those things that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't reached out. But then those personal wins, like yeah. you got you hear yourself doing well. That's really motivating. And so for y'all listening, like get that brag book, get those good customer testimonials, get the recordings of when you closed the deal and listening to those regularly, like really does help breed the success. Now you did use one word here that I want to actually keep going down is how do you get back on track? She said like when you get low or you get into a slump, Mm -hmm. right? Cause it's not, you know, for everyone listening, y'all know this, if you're in sales, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, no matter what, you'd be the best salesperson in the world, right? Like you go through slumps. So you lose some of that faith. Like what are some things you did to like get back on track? Like if you felt yourself kind of in a darker place? Yeah. I think, I think for me, there's, there's two primary things. Um, one is remind myself why I'm doing it. Right. So it goes back to that why, you know, and um, 
we're all going to have off days, bad months, bad quarters, whatever the case may be. But um, for me, reminding myself why I'm doing it and if I achieve my goals, what does that mean for my family, right? Um, I'm a big visual person. So I've got pictures of my kids, my family behind me. That's my why, right? So I'm having a bad day. I'm not, I don't want to pick up the phone. I turn around, I'm like, bang, like, I, I got to, right? I'm doing it for them. So that's that's one of the things, just remind yourself your why, make it really visual. Um, and I think the, the next thing though, is like, you got to put it all in perspective, right? Like this was said to me when I was in my, my first of many slumps, right? But I think it was like, you're not a heart surgeon. Like if you mess up, like you're not killing anybody. Things are good, right? So I think it also kind of goes back to like, put things in perspective. Um, for me, I'd say over the last couple of years, I've really, really tried to implement and practice more gratitude for just waking up every day, my feet hitting the floor, right? My, my family, my health, a roof over my head, just some of the basics that people very easily take for granted um, and the great things that I have. So like, you know, once you're able to just appreciate what you've got, sometimes, at least for me, it allowed me to go and be like, all right, like I still got this, like it ain't, it ain't over. I still got fight left in me and it kind of inspires and motivates me. No, I love that. And we've talked about this so much. Like gratitude is so important. Right. And I love the call out. Cause I say this too, y'all. I was like, you guys, you're picking up a phone. You are picking up a phone or you are on a zoom call. This is not heart surgery. This is not coal mining. This is not being a teacher in the inner city in an under, like that's hard. What yeah. we do is scary. It's not hard, right? Rejection is scary. It is y'all. That is what it is. I'm not downplaying that. But what we do isn't that hard when you really think about the comparisons of what we have to do and like what other people are doing day in and day out. We just have to make the choice every day. We just have to make the choice. And you hinted at something there, especially around gratitude. Because when I reached out to you, you said like, all right, what topic? You said like mindset to have a long lasting and fulfilling filling career in sales. Right. And I want to touch on that a little bit around like, what are some of the things that you found to be successful to get more fulfillment, right. From your, from your job, from sales, like what, where, how do you kind of fill that bucket, so to speak? Yeah. I, I think for me, like I mentioned before, like really early on in my career, I, I knew I wanted to take more of that like coaching path. And I say coaching pretty intentionally because I never wanted to like manage people. Like at first it was just like, I want to help. Like, again, I, I felt like I could be a better coach um, than a, than a player. Mm -hmm. And I felt I was getting, I was, I was more, it was more rewarding for me to see others close their deals than even me going and closing my own. Um, so early on, that's what it was about. And so um, for me, I love seeing progression and growth. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm just wired that way. Like I have this, you know, 1% better every single day. And you got to be constantly like finding ways to better yourself. This, this sales game where, hey man, like you see it firsthand, like it evolves so quickly. So you always have to be learning and you always have to be adopting and evolving. So I don't know. I, I think for me, like seeing others get better and achieve their goals gets me gets me really fulfilled. And I've got, you know, again, cause I've, I've, I've been at this for a long time now. I I've had sales reps that I have worked for me. I had a, a sales rep. He worked for me for 10 years 
and seeing where we started together to who he is today with the family. Um, I've had other reps that like SDR, she was like, I, I, I was like, you're going to be my boss one day. Like I was just so excited for her potential to see it come to fruition. So um, I think for me, it's just like, when I see other people achieve their goals, like I'm achieving mine and we're good. Like that's, that's where I get a lot of fulfillment personally. So actually, I think then this is a really, I can't say, I can't say it's a good question before I ask it, but this is where I'm going with this. How did you earn that first leadership role? Because I think sometimes I think people listen like, yeah, that's me too. But like, I'm not the top performer. I'm not going to get promoted to management or leadership because I'm not the top of the board. How did you earn the right to, you know, in a lot of ways, take the focus off yourself and start leading people. Was that at a company or did you leave the company to get your first leadership role? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, no, that, that is a great question. So my, my first leadership opportunity was a promotion from within. Okay. Um, I, I was not top of the leaderboard, but I did have like two premier deals that closed. So like, I was, I was like put on the map, if you will. Right. Um, and I remember telling my, my manager at the time, I was like, I think I want your job. Like, I don't want to take your job from you. Right. Like right. I want to be like coaching and helping. And I think the reason that, and don't get me wrong, there were others that were much better than me, better, you know, delivered more, sold more, everything. But I was able to show the ability to, allow others to succeed, mm -hmm. right? Like I could, I could take my talents and, and spread them across others. And so like the uplift I had across many people was like, whoa. And so I planted the seeds early. I think that was really key. Um, I think I was in sales for like nine months when I talked to my manager the first time. Um, and I remember she was like, I see it. Like, I really see it. And I was like, oh, cool. Right. So I got super excited about it. Um, and of course she was like, same thing. She was like, be the top builder, be the top builder. And I was like, that's just not me necessarily. Like yeah. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to make it happen. But I quickly realized, well, when I'm that manager, like I'm not the rainmaker, right? I'm the, let me get people excited and motivated, feeling good. Let me coach them and help them strategize through deals. Like if I can coach and show that I'm a proven coach that helps people execute at a high level, I can get that shot. There we so go. So it, it was really about me just trying to prove that I can teach. I'm a phenomenal teacher. I, I think I'm a great motivator. I think I'm a good like team builder and, and create some good culture. Um, and if I can show that in little, little like phases, I think I'll get my shot. Uh, and I love that. And I was hoping that was where you were going to take it because I think people always think, well, I haven't been made a manager yet. So I haven't had an opportunity to manage. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like if you like, Oh, I get so much fulfillment from helping other people. Well, where's the evidence you've been helping other people like start doing the things, right? Yeah. Like yeah. making other people around you become so obvious. And if you're standing out there, that's how you can break through versus like, oh, like if I were just a manager, that's where I get fulfillment. Okay, start doing those things. Like make sure like, you know, like, and that's there. And I do also like the call out too of making it known early. I think a lot of people either never voice it and they just hope they get picked, right? Or they wait too long and then they get disgruntled. Right. Yeah. They, they wait too long. They say, oh, a manager opening popped up. I want it. 
It's like, well, you should have said something six months ago, nine months ago. Now it's too late. We already have another candidate. We have whatever else. And so I think voicing it early all is really, really important. And so as we kind of come towards the, the end here, man, if you think about some of the things that you've either seen in your success or the teams that you've led, like what other key kind of mindset, you know, tactics or characteristics have you seen to really lead to higher success rates? Yeah, I think, I think a common one though, and this is a bit more, more general, um, but I did want to make sure I touched on it is you, who you are in your personal life is going to bleed into your professional life and vice versa. Right. So again, I made parallels to whether it was fitness or being an athlete, I'll be able to draw those in. Um, I think a lot of people try to say, like, I'm going to be this salesperson, Right. And then they're not developing in their own personal life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so identifying things, it can be things you want to do in your personal life that are going to be growth and learnings and developments that are going to bleed into your professional life. Um, I think the most definitely the most notable one for me was like the moment I became a father, I became a better leader. Mm. Right. And like, that was an education school that you don't get at like any business school, nowhere. Right. Like there's no leadership coach in the world better than being a parent. Now don't go be a parent just because you want to become a better leader. Right. Call out. Good call out. (laughs) Right. Um, But for me, I, I thought it was just, it was again, one of those aha moments for me that once I, realize that I think the, the rate at which it became easier and felt more normal, that was a big one. Um, but the last one I'll, I'll kind of leave, which is a bit more specific, especially in sales, if you're, if you're just earlier on in your career, play the long game, right? You have to have the mindset of the long game. I'm sure that's with the relationships you build. Um, that's with everything, you know, deals come and go. I've had customers who, didn't work with me for two, three years. And finally, bang, those, those came on and were some of the best customers. Um, people that I met early on in my career, right. Tremendous relationships that just continue to blossom. And later on in my career, like we're all helping each other out. So playing the long game is, is huge because it's easy to think oh, like this month's quota, right? Like boom, boom, boom. But what about next month? Right. What about the pipeline for next quarter? So playing the long game, uh, I think it's a big one. Yeah, I like that. Because when you think long game, you start to be more consistent. I would way rather have a rep hit 100% every month than 125, 92, 115, 76, 150. Like, yeah, you know, people would ask like, oh, like, how do you feel about like sandbagging? So I was like, look, I, I would way rather you be consistent and every month be feeling good than blow out a month. Because also in sales, we blow out the month. And then the very next month, we're stressed. We just had our best month ever. And then we're stressed the next month. And we don't even reward ourselves for the good month because then we have a bad month. And now we're right back in that cycle again. Yeah, man. Yeah. When the, when the calendar flips and you're back at zero, you're like, oh, we got hello, it. hello, zero, my old friend. We, 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 we made that a song internally. It's like every month you wake up and it's zero. So cool, my man. Well, this was great. And so much of what we focused on here, really, it does fall into that live better kind of advice, you know, around mindset fulfillment. So I'm going to flip the question, right? What would your sell better advice be? Because obviously you have had a phenomenal career in sales. Normally I ask people like what their live better advice is at the end, but you've been covering the live better side. What would your sell better advice be for people listening? 
sell better. I, I think it's one of the things I talk to my reps about a lot is just being more authentic, being more human, right? Um, I think it's easy to become a robot. You got to ask these discovery questions to qualify you. Right? I think it's so easy to fall into that. And all of that stuff is really important. But um, literally before this, I was on a call with my reps. I'm like, man, just like be authentic, be a human, ask the questions, crack some jokes. Like it doesn't have to be this really uptight, rigid thing. Like let it flow, just be you and don't put so much pressure and stress on you. So I think as you're thinking about, you know, your sales process, think about how do you apply your own specific human touch to it, right? Like there's only one you in the world, right? That's your experience you can deliver. So deliver it, right? Mine's like really bad, cheesy jokes throughout the sales <laughs> process. I am, I kill that game, man. Let's right. Go. So, so, uh, so I think it's just like, be you, be more human, be more authentic. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I'm glad that's where we, where we wrapped on this y'all. And funny enough, I had a post about this recently too, of like, have more fun with this. Like, I love that, like, man. you know, and if you're gonna, if you're gonna go down, go down swinging, but like go down swinging, having fun, like try things you haven't tried before, make the joke, send the song, do whatever, because what it's a better way to sell. Right? And it's memorable. And like, I just wish more people did that. Actually, funny enough in my office here somewhere, I might've lost actually there it is i have like the sales hat right or the yeah. sales hat but i don't use it for the way people think it would be used i use it as an example to take the sales hat off take your sales hat off for a second and just be kevin bkd be betty be jenny like just be right and see what happens so my man this was was, was great where can people get more of you where are you putting out content like where can they connect like how can people get more of what you're putting out there yeah, for sure. I'm really active on LinkedIn. So just hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, I love just connecting with people, talking shop, learning more and more. Um, again, I think every single person you interact with, you can learn something from and take something from. So um, check me out on LinkedIn, but definitely hit me up. We'd love to talk shop. Awesome, my dude. Well, I appreciate you. This was great. It was exactly what I was hoping it would be. I'm sure we'll have many talks about this down, down the road, man. So thank you so much for your time, energy, and attention, dude. Awesome. Appreciate you, man. Hell yeah.